Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Trundle Bed Tales. This is Sarah Utoff, your host, and today's topic is going to be Seeking Laura Letters. And I'm glad to have this opportunity to talk to you about what what was one of my biggest ongoing Laura research projects. But before I do that, we have a little housekeeping to do. Now, uh, I said I was going to continue the update uh, program, the little sort of what's going on in Laura Fandom program, and I'm going to do that, though I haven't gotten one done this month, mostly because I was waiting on finding out who uh, or what my, when my guests uh, were going to be able to come so I could get the exact dates to you because I have two actual shows scheduled yet in May. And one on May 18th at the same time is going to be about the DeSmet pageant anniversary. And then a week later, I'm going to be talking to Barbara Lounsenberry, who is an expert on Nancy Drew and one of her authors, Mildred Wirt Benson. And so I'm really looking forward to the chance to talk to her. In the meantime, if you want to call in tonight... You can call at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll free, 1-877-633-9389. 1-877-633-9389. And if you're out and about during the showtime, you can always listen using the same numbers on your phone, or you can stream it live through the computer, and the chat room is open if uh, you want to participate that way, too. And uh, I wanted to let everybody know that I have um, one program scheduled this month in Fort Madison. No, I'm sorry. Fort Madison was the one I had this month in Marshalltown. So uh, you can check for the schedule and the exact times on both my blog and on my website, and I hope that you will do that. And if you're going to the website, I want to make sure that you take a chance to look under Laura Info, Seeking Laura Letters, because you'll not only see more information about Seeking Laura Letters, but it also has a PDF of a flyer and if you're wondering what you can do to help with this project, well, in the first place, if you have a Laura letter or if you know someone who does, you can see about getting a sent a copy. Uh, the address is Sarah Utah, Trundle Bed Tales, P.O. Box 111, Solon, Iowa, 52333. Or uh, if you don't, you can print out a copy of the flyer and put anywhere that you can think of that people might want to see it. 
So having given my pitch for that, uh, let me back up a little bit and tell you exactly what the Seeking Laura Letters Project is and how it got started. Now this is a really a project that I started uh, totally on my own, um, basically coming out of three facts. And the first one, which I think pretty much every Laura fan knows, is that Laura Ingalls Wilder answered all of her letters up until about the last six months of her life. I think it was probably more accurate to say almost always, because there were times when an entire class would write her letters and they'd get one letter back in response. Uh, and there was sometimes in... Uh, the years that Almanzo, right towards the end, was not doing well. And her letter writing kind of fell off during that time as well. But for the most part, if you wrote a letter to Laura, you would get one back, which was, I think, an amazingly wonderful thing. And it's something that most Laura fans, I think, are proud of. So that was fact number one. Fact number two was I read Walter Lord's two books about the Titanic, The Night Lives On and A Night to Remember. And in it, The uh, Night Lives On, I, I believe, he talks about how there was a man who was a baker on the Titanic uh, named, uh, who had, um, in his later life, collected Titanic memorabilia. A young man who was interested in the Titanic story had been friends with him, but he died and he didn't have any really relatives and this young man didn't find out about it in time. And when he came back to visit his friend, he was gone and all of his Titanic collection, including original stuff that had come off the ship and had come from passengers of the ship, had been thrown out. And in response to that, the, uh, the young man opened the Titanic Historical Society, which has a very small museum and, in real life and a very beautiful web presence. If you're interested in the Titanic at all, make sure you check out their website. But uh, that kind of inspired me, too. He'd said, no, we're not going to lose any more. We're going to have a museum, a place where people can give their things and people can come and see them. So that inspired me a little bit. And then the third fact was the fact uh, I was the oldest cousin. And so I uh, knew a lot of my older relatives. Uh, when I was little, I knew three of my great-grandparents. I knew all sorts of great-great-aunts and uncles and great-aunts and uncles. And so slowly as my life has gone on, I have been involved in helping clean out their houses. And I've seen what their um, other family members do as far as cleaning things out. And my family, as a rule, is interested in history, and they threw out whole boxes of stuff without even looking at it. And I thought about all those Laura letters. Now, all the letters written to Laura were safely preserved at the Rocky Ridge um, Museum down in Mansfield, Missouri, the Laura Ingalls Wilder, Rose Wilder Lane Home and Museum. But her answers, unlike Rose, who was certain that her responses were worthy of being in a museum and saved copies of everything, uh, Laura just wrote them out and sent them off. And so things that are in a Laura letter may not ever be repeated and not ever exist outside of that 
page in the scrapbook where they got stuck in or in bound up in uh, with a bunch of letters in a shoebox on the top of someone's closet. Now, it's a pretty good bet that the person who put them there probably knows where they are and what they are. But the people who are going to be cleaning out their house eventually when they the Titanic, I foresee that doing. So I started the Seeking Laura Letters project after I tried to get some of the museums, uh, the Laura Museums, the Herbert Hoover Library interested in sort of spearheading this project. And I didn't get many takers except the wonderful people at the Laura Ingalls Wilder Museum in Walnut Grove who have just built this new archive room said I could um, sort of partner with them. If I spread the word, they would house the collection. Uh, so any time that I get a copy of a Laura letter, I pass it on to Walnut Grove. And uh, that way they have a set of letters. And there have been 24 letters that I have managed to get rescued and copies deposited with Walnut Grove. So I think that's a, a remarkable achievement considering this was my own little project, so I had zero budget and I still have zero budget. And unfortunately, the cheapest way to uh, get a hold of people are through the Internet. And the people who know they have Laura letters generally aren't on the Internet. So it's a conundrum. And I uh, try and do what I can. I've released press releases a couple times. Whenever I get interviewed talking about one of my presentations, I always try and mention the Laura Letters Project, and sometimes it makes the article. Sometimes it doesn't. Uh, sometimes it makes a follow-up article, which is nice. I always have a flyer, the one same one that there's the PDF of on the website, and I always leave one of those every place I speak. I also take a bunch of them around, and if I have a little time when I'm en route, either coming or going, I try and look for other libraries, um, any kind of place that has a bulletin board that lets anybody who wants to put up a flyer. I have my stack of flyers. I have my little box of pushpins and a roll of tape in my little presentation box that I take with me everywhere I go to do anything about Laura. And so I try and put these out all over the place in hopes that people will see them and respond and come uh, and send a copy of their letter. And as a result of this this focus, Walnut Grove has also put up a lovely display about Laura Letters in their museum. And I would thoroughly uh, encourage anybody who has a chance to get to Walnut Grove to plan on taking a little time and read some of the wonderful things they've collected, not just through me, but through other people as well. It's a lovely uh, collection, and I, I strongly urge people to visit, if at all possible. So, what do you normally get in a Laura letter? A lot of them tend to be sort of the same questions I get a lot of uh, when I'm presenting about Laura. I quite often get things about when did so-and-so die and um, is so-and-so dead yet? 
I mean, even today, I get people asking me, is any in Laura, anybody in Laura's immediate family still alive? And uh, no, they're not, in case you're wondering. They... Uh, so Laura spends a lot of time in these letters kind of running down a little list. I think she kind of composed a little blurb about it in her head, and she a lot of times sticks that down. So she talks about uh, her family and what happened to them, what happened to Carrie, what happened to Grace. Uh, as the years go on, the answers change, and slowly we get people added to, uh, like, um, I just read one tonight when I was prepping for this, and where before in an earlier letter it had said that uh, Grace was living in Manchester, it now is saying that Grace and her husband have both died. So you can track changes like that through the letters, too. If she had a letter and she felt that she needed to respond, but she kind of was out of things to say, she tended to uh, put in a recipe. So most frequently you'll see gingerbread, but sometimes you'll see another recipe spelled out in there. And the letter that my mom's friend, Sylvia Rowena, received and yes my mom's friend wrote to laura when she was little twice got two responses did my mother 10 years 10 years between when my mom was born and when laura died she could have written a letter to her but she didn't but she did give me my mom did get me a copy of sylvia's and that's the one that has the handwritten recipe for laura ingles wilder's gingerbread in it that uh, i always carry a copy of when i'm serving gingerbread at any of the Laura events I have to do. So uh, I'm glad she did that, but you do see recipes sort of as stressors. And sometimes they were in response to um, obvious questions from the way Laura words it. And sometimes I think she just wanted to fill up the page and thought that would be an easy way to do it without thinking. A lot of times, uh, Laura also talks about Rose. She was very proud, despite what Rose seemed to think. Um, she was very proud of her daughter. And she describes again and again that she's sure they've heard of her famous daughter, Rose Wilder Lane. So despite um, what Rose uh, might have thought, I think that it's pretty plain that her mother was really proud of her. Another thing you'll see a lot of in the later years, especially in the late 1940s on, there was a little sort of booklet printed up by somebody. I'm not exactly sure if it was Harper's or who. I think it was Harper's because the last page looks suspiciously like the flyer they had to advertise the books. But um, you'll see a little, well, it's like a sheet of paper folded in half to make four pages. And it's written out with uh, sort of the basic information about Laura's life. And it's signed Harper and Brothers. And they must have printed up a whole bunch of these and sent them to Laura because quite often you'll find one of these letters or one of these little booklets with Laura's handwritten corrections as years go on and things change. Like I'm looking at one now, uh, and it says, uh, when it's talking about living on the farm, and Laura hand wrote in instead, 
still live in the farmhouse but have sold the land and are not farming now. And as the years go on, she has to write in more and more corrections. And you'll see that as you see these. And a lot of times you'll see them framed. And it's really just a kind of a, a nice thing. But you'll see those a lot in letters from Laura. The other thing you see a lot uh, in later years after she basically quit responding from letters, you'll see the composite letter uh, that normally has a little heading on it. Um, this one says, a composite letter, letter gathered from several letters written years ago by Mrs. Wilder to Harper and Brothers in answer to inquiries about herself and her books. And you still see these uh, floating around, brand new copies of it. But it seems to have mostly been based on a letter Laura wrote. There was a radio show in Chicago that did a little, uh, voted her favorite author and did a little uh, sort of theme show dedicated to her. And she wrote out a letter and had copies of it, uh, or they had copies of it made to hand out to all the people who came to the special themed episode of the radio show to be in the audience. A lot of the composite letter comes verbatim from that. Uh, and then there's a few things more added. But that's basically it. Um, it's still, a lot of it is fairly accurate. It does talk about Pod's Fiddle being in South Dakota, which of course hasn't been true since 1962. But it was true when Laura wrote it. So what are some of the things that you might find in a Laura letter uh, beside these obvious things? And I'm just going to do a few bits out of ones I collected. To the third and fourth grades of Roosevelt School, and this is a school in Iowa City, Iowa, so I'm very proud of our local connection. Uh, they must have asked what happened to Charlotte. And it says, the doll Charlotte disintegrated of old age long ago which frankly doesn't surprise me at all because uh, it was out of some kind of like muslin or cotton. And if that really did get soaked in a puddle, it's just, it, even if it didn't, it just isn't that durable of a fabric. And uh, after being drug around by a child all through a childhood, it definitely would be in rough shape. So I'm afraid poor Charlotte, um, or as they say in Pioneer Girl, Roxy, had a hard life. Another one is kind of interesting. Uh, from This is one written to uh, the Tipton Consolidated School. And I like to think this is Tipton, Iowa, but I don't know that for sure. And it's from 1933. And they ask if she'd ever been back to the big woods. Now, before we uncovered this letter, there was no record other than sort of some family stories that Laura had ever returned from Pe to Pepin. And it's, uh, she says here, I never went to town again while I was a child. When I was 23 years old, I went back from South Dakota and took my, little, my uh, own little girl to the town of Pepin. In fact, one nice thing about some of the letters to Laura is that the places that Laura set the books, uh, whether it was uh, Walnut Grove, at least Plum Creek, uh, DeSmet, or Pepin, they seem to enjoy writing her. So if we get into those ever, there should be some nice 
descriptions of the towns over the years. The next one I wanted to point out is from 1935. Oh, a lot of times people ask Laura for a, a picture, and she usually wrote back that she didn't have one. Sometimes it's a long, complicated explanation about why she didn't have one. But at this point, she must have had the picture that's Laura and Almanzo and their dog Nero standing in front of the rock house. And it says, oh, that particular dog was an Airedale. Uh, this was taken five years ago, but it is the only one I have. We haven't changed except that my hair is whiter. No, we are not ashamed of anything, because they're both looking down in the, the picture. No, we are not ashamed of anything. We are just looking down at Nero, trying to keep him still, and were snapped unexpectedly before we could look up, which I thought was a great little description. Uh, sometimes it's just a beautiful turn of phrase. I really like this one uh, from, I think this is uh, Nebraska, so I don't have the, the town on this copy. It says, uh, you are a kindred spirit in your love for prairies. Even after so many years away, there are times when I long for them with their sunlight and their starlight and the winds that blow over their waving grasses. Uh, and that one was from 1950. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking for the next thing I want to read. Uh, they quite often talk about, or she talks about Mary quite often. And this talks about Mary in later life. Um, as you say, she was sweet and patient, and she was always cheerful, busy with her books, music, and the work she had learned to do so well. She could sew on the machine. Now, isn't that interesting? She's blind, and she can sew on the sewing machine. Weave, make pretty beadwork, and do all kinds of housework. She was active in the church and Sunday school. And that letter was to a family in Grinnell in 1950. And it's just really, that also points out what I would just consider the holy grail of Laura letters. And I really, really wish that uh, I could find, if I was going to have anything, be able to pick any letter out of the air, uh, I would actually pick not um, a letter of, Laura's, but of Mary's. Mary carried on a very active correspondence with the other people from the blind school. And imagine getting an account of life from Mary's point of view. I, I just, I, it would just blow you away. But you wouldn't, it would be in um, probably New York Point. So you, people probably threw that away too without being able to read it. And there's one last one that I want to point out that I think is just an incredible thing. This was uh, from a woman in Sioux City who saw an article uh, that talked about my project, and she sent me her letter that she had in response. And her name was Emily. Emily 
Mazur, M-A-Z-U-R, and you can find the letter that Emily wrote Laura on page 66 of Dear Laura, the collection of Laura's letters in book form. So we've got a caller on the line, area code 715. Would you like to talk? Hi. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Jean Eagleson. Oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> I just uh, wanted to say hi, and I'm just absolutely amazed at your letters with Laura and um, the people that wrote to her. And it's uh, thank you so much. Well, I'm I'm glad you're enjoying it. I I really know there are other letters out there. Laura wrote so many of them, and I really hope that uh, other people will find out about the project and send copies in. So it's I think it's um, even if we never get another one, I think that the 24 we've saved so far is a, a major accomplishment. So I'm. I'm really p- pleased with with the results we've gotten before, but I hope everybody listening will will keep spreading the word. Oh yes, it's just amazing, and, and um, whenever I can, I'll I'll ask people and see if they know of any of that information. Well, I would really appreciate it. Yes, yes, yes. Well, thanks for your your wonderful work, and I'll just say goodbye now. Okay. Well, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it. Uh-huh. You bet. Uh Thanks. Okay. Uh, And it really, I think, is a project. I will continue to do everything I can to get the words out. But if any of you have any ideas on how to get uh, the word out more effectively, I would be glad to hear them. Uh, And... In fact, the last time I did a post about this on Beyond Little House, uh, the we did have somebody respond back with a couple of ideas, and once we get the archive of this show up, I'm going to be following some of those and um, posting it a couple other places, and I hope that will uh, encourage the word to be spread. Now, with just a couple minutes here remaining, I want to talk briefly about sort of the other part of the Seeking Laura Letters project. Uh, The primary thing that we're interested in is trying to get copies of Laura Letters and and other Ingalls and Wilder family members' letters. But a secondary part of this, and you'll find that if you go to my Trendle Bed Tales website, www.trendlebedtales.com and click on Laura, well click on more, Laura Info and then Seeking Laura Letters it brings up a little bit of description about the project it gives you my address about where to send it and the email and tells you the places that we've we've gotten the word so far there's a copy of a press release that's a a little older now that gives a little bit more information than a copy of the PDF. But it also talks about the fact that besides the letters, the other thing that I'm looking for are photos of the Laura Ingalls Wilder sites. I started visiting in the early to mid-1980s, and I think I've got a pretty decent photographic record of most of the sites 
from then on. I mean, not that I'd be opposed just to getting others, but I, I pretty much have that era kind of covered. But what I'm trying to to find are older pictures of the sites. So anything that is before, say, 1985, I would be most grateful to see. And um, Wendy Corsi Stab uh, put up on her uh, YouTube site, and I linked to it from Beyond Little House, the of home movie. It's not very long, but it's a couple minutes of her family's vacation to Mansfield in the 1970s. I've gotten a copy of a few le- uh, photographs uh, from a couple or um, a couple of ladies who as young girls kind of right out of high school decided they were going to go visit Mrs. Wilder in the mid-1950s and have a couple of pictures of Rocky Ridge from that. Um, So, and a a few others from over, over the years that I've been able to collect. So if anybody has older pictures that you went on a vacation any time before 1985 and are willing to dig them out and scan them, I would be most grateful for you to uh, send those to me. Uh, You can also send them, of course, directly to the Walnut Grove Museum if you'd rather. But if you want to send it to me, uh, the address again is Sarah Utah Trundle Bed Tales, P.O. Box 111, Solon, Iowa, Five two three three three, and uh, the email you can send to is info, which is i n f o at trundlebedtales dot com. We're out of time, but I hope you will continue to get out the word about this project. And thank you for stopping by. <laughs> Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.